All right, y'all, Very get ready for a very exciting edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show today. As you can see, the man sitting to my left is John Hewlett from Cardio Miracle hanging out, and we're going to be together with the Health and Freedom Summit and Expo that's happening in Nashville this weekend, thanks to Terry and Stu Warner and a whole lot of cool folks that are going to be reunioning. And we're going to be on the air in our first hour with Jonathan Emord. He'll be joining us by phone because he's on the campaign trail. And we've got some cool and exciting updates. I know y'all are excited about Jonathan Emord's campaign, and we get the inside scoop before anybody else pretty much. And there's some great news happening. And we got to talk health freedom uh, for dietary mineral supplements and different things. Uh, the freedom of speech issue with Jonathan knows so well. There's a big attack. And I, I think I sent Jonathan that letter last week. The ANH did a big article on it from the FTC. And a whole lot more is happening, but you guys got to stay tuned. Share the show, robertscottbell.com slash listen. We'll check it out in the chat room. If you got comments or questions, submit them now, and let's get this healing party started. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. Nothing like talking a little health, freedom, and healing liberty with the former lead singer from the Turtles. That would be John <laughs> Hewlett. Oh, there's a backstory there, John. Great story. Great yeah. story. John Hewlett from Cardio Miracle is joining me in Nashville, and we have a very special edition. Uh, also, he's a, a new, uh, let's say, a powerful and enthusiastic supporter of Jonathan E. Morton and his run for the United States Senate in Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine. And we've got really great news from the road. Jonathan is actually in cars driving from Newport News back to wherever, but he's being invited everywhere. And uh, just so exciting because knowing the man of integrity that you know, that I know, uh, to be in the United States Senate is a powerful and profound step up in the restoration of our Republican form of government, health, freedom, healing, liberty, freedom of speech, and all the things you know and love and appreciate and value here. So with that, uh, John will just be hanging out with us. If you, if you have any questions for Jonathan, I'm sure he'll be happy to answer them as well. But first and foremost, joining us on the phone, special hotline. Thanks to Jonathan E. Mort is Jonathan E. Mort. How's it going, my friend? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's uh, Robert, it's going really, really well. Uh, the the my campaign manager looked at me and he said, look, it's so early in the campaign. Ordinarily, people don't make solid commitments. But I'll tell you, everywhere we're going, people are saying that you're our guy. We're fully committed and they're donating. And so, it's, I mean, it's all it's all good. And, and the audience sizes are large. And uh, according to the latest information, we're very much in the lead. We, we not only are in the lead with popular support. But we're also in the lead with uh, donations. So we actually raised in the first quarter of the campaign uh, 10 times the amount of our nearest competitor and four times the amount of all of our competitors combined. So it's kind of a and that's a buy in, you know, from people that they're appreciating this whole struggle to get us back to a uh, society that doesn't have socialism permeating everywhere and doesn't have woke uh, education and a woke military, people are fed up. They're really fed up with the whole transitioning movement in the schools and with the whole CRT Marxist indoctrination in the schools. And they're very, very upset about inflation and about the open borders. And so we have specific answers, legislative solutions to all of that. 
and it's resonating very, very well. Now, you were telling me uh, yesterday, I was, I was just fun getting these exciting updates while I'm flying out to Nashville in the middle of the night almost, and you're texting me all the stuff that's going on. One of the cool things, where was this uh, this auto mechanic repair shop that you visited? And, and te- can, if you can, tell us what happened there. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's in York County, and we went to this place. We were invited to go there. The owner of the place, it's, a, it's an enormous factory. I mean, huge auto repair, but they deal with everything that, that has to do with a car. And it's an extremely large operation. So we went in there, we met with him, we, had, we hit it off. And then he invited us to interact with all of the people in the factory. So we went through the whole factory and we met with a whole bunch of people who do different technical things that are brilliant. Mm-hmm. And we ended up uh, with a lot of friends. In fact, every person we met said, "I'm with you." And we ended up, huh. we went, we ended up uh, with all of these, uh, you know, the campaign stuff, the yard signs and the bumper sticker, the mat bumper sticker magnets, and all those things being depleted uh, because everybody took so many of them from that nice. plant. But it's neat because they're sick of it, boy. You know, you you, you when you're when when you need a break from uh, taxation and inflation and uh, need assurance that your kids are safe at school, I mean, we have an agenda really that is going to restore safety, security, and sovereignty. Individual liberty back, security of our borders, and safety for our kids in schools so they can get back to the business of learning rather than being indoctrinated and uh, manipulated into thinking their genders are fluid. When they're not. Yeah. There was a thing we talked about briefly yesterday. I'm sorry, last week when we were on, and you had an article coming out about this how uh, uh, Kane, um, the uh, senator currently that you're going to replace in Virginia, uh, had sent in like FBI supported sending in FBI informants or, you know, some kind of violation of, of Fourth Amendment rights into churches like the Catholic Church to investigate. Um, this, and I had not heard of right-wing Catholic extremists in America being a thing, but just the whole way about it, was there any coverage besides your article in Virginia that people going, what the heck is wrong with this guy, this Senator? Yeah. And in the Richmond area, TV 13 covered this and interviewed Kane. And the shocking thing, uh, is that Kane has bought into this whole idea that Part of white supremacist movement in the country are Christians. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's buying into this whole movement to vilify and condemn Christians. And what what he's done, I mean, he's a, he's a Catholic. And here he says that he didn't even question that the Catholic Church should have informants in their midst during, he said, the Latin mass, because he said that there were conservative uh catholics who were uh a threat and might be persuaded to become white supremacists and advocates of it so he he didn't see anything wrong with having fbi informants in catholic churches the only problem he said that he saw was that the fbi needed to coordinate better with the leadership of the catholic church but he saw no problem with this memo, which was outrageous. In fact, it was withdrawn by the FBI itself after there was so much criticism, after it was leaked out. But he stood by it, just like he has the Vax mandate. So he's 
yeah. he was the the party that stood up and said, "Oh no, we need to keep the vax emergency in place past um, April the fifteenth, all the way through to May the eighteenth." Mm. Uh, so he opposed the legislation that Biden ultimately signed uh, that uh, would have ended, you know, and did end ultimately the emergency status for part yeah. of uh, the COVID situation, not all of it. Right. But he was I opposed wonder, to even that. Yeah. I wonder if Kane would support going into, you know, a little Passover Seder because I heard they were like saying their prayers in Hebrew and that could be a radical thing as well. And of course, as a homeopath, sure I use, yeah, you got to look, you to look into that. I'm sure he might. If you encourage him, he probably will. Just, just incredible. Again, where's that First Amendment, which is not only freedom of speech but freedom of religion? And we've seen uh, over the COVID uh, crazy years, uh, the woke leftist uh, endorsing this idea that you should shut down and lock down people of faith from coming together to worship because they are they are now spreaders of disease, which which proved to be obviously not true, but. Uh, you know, the idea that the government even has the authority to shut down people of faith and their ability to worship should have been met with, you know, absolute opposition by everybody. And I think, um, you know, maybe we've learned, I hope we learned uh, through that, that uh, even the Republicans need to learn to stand up a little stronger or a lot stronger and better. Well, there's no provision in the Bill of Rights or in the Constitution itself that uh, authorizes the suspension of the Bill of Rights because a virus is present. This whole idea that somehow you can take a disease and say because there is a disease present in the community, you can suspend people's rights, deny them their individual rights to associate and to uh, worship and to travel. Uh, those that That is, you know, that's what Marxists do. That's what happens in the so former Soviet Union. That's what happens in communist countries and theocratic dictatorships. But it should never happen here, and it must never happen again. And I will be introducing legislation to ensure that, to ensure that both vaccine mandates and mask mandates are prohibited by the federal government not to happen. Yeah, well, we've got to step up. And, and you know, as you said, your opponent, Kane on the uh, Democrat side, just never met a mandate uh, that he didn't like, never met a, you know, a shutdown order that he didn't want to extend uh, or, a, you know, a state of emergency. And, you know, the idea, as you point out, is so lost upon even much of, as I said, the Republican establishment that having you in the U.S. Senate will be great because you can impact even the Republicans, maybe even especially uh, that want to do the right thing to let them know that they've they kind of lost their way on the Constitution, that there is no authority for the executive branch to do what it's done. And it's the, it is the authority of the legislative branch to call into question and to call to the carpet the executive branch and these co-equal uh, branches of government that have been long lost to a bureaucratic oligarchy all under the executive. Yes. Uh, what they tried to get us to agree to was that the government could engage in coercion, could use the force of law to force and compel people into abiding by the strictures that were coming out of CDC and Anthony Fauci's mouth. I'm sorry to swear on your radio station. <laughs> yes, don't Fauci mention the F word. Swear word for sure. <laughs> but yeah, but uh, but but you know, there's an obvious alternative, and that alternative is what the Constitution requires and what the founding fathers expected, which is a free, wide open, robust debate environment in which people are allowed to participate in criticizing the vaccine and criticizing government policy and challenging the approaches taken 
and putting a checking value on government so that it is chastened and understands that the people are sovereign and that the government is their servant. But we had this uh, episode, which was darkest in our history, of this whole control regime over censoring all criticism of the vaccine, disallowing even the medical community to debate the best means by which to treat this. And we lost considerably from this. I mean, we lost a lot of people's lives because doctors were intimidated out of offering independent professional judgment and alternatives to this, um, you know, this this one size fits all vaccinate everybody approach, which was adopted by the federal government. And that's um, we must never allow that to happen again. Our source of strength in medicine, as in the market in general, is innovation and the freedom that people have to address complex problems from different angles and to debate those solutions. When you shut that down, you kill innovation. When you kill innovation in the presence of a threatening disease, you exacerbate it. You make it worse than it would have been. If we had if we had an open discussion, we had early treatments, we had people uh, able to offer their wisdom as to what treatments worked and what didn't and what their approaches they preferred uh, over others and had a debate about it, I'm confident we would have saved many, many lives, tens of thousands most likely, because people would have had access to ivermectin, they would have had access to hydroxychloroquine, they would have had access to vitamin and mineral therapies, they would have had all sorts of things done that were never allowed to be truly tested and tried and communicated about. So we can't do this again. We can't have government bureaucrats telling us what is a medical solution to our problems. We need free solutions, and we've relied on that successfully since the origins, since the 1787, and to deny it presently is just outrageous and is certainly a violation of the First Amendment and a violation of the Equal Protection Clause, violation of our rights to life, mm-hmm. liberty, and to property. Can't let that happen ever again. We have to ban it. Not only that, we have to make sure that everybody who was fired by the government because they exercised their right to dissent from vaccination Mm-hmm. are rehired and they're paid what they, the wages they were ta- oh, they were deprived and they're given the uh, promotions that they would have achieved. All those people in the military, all the police, the first responders, every institution that receives federal funding, the bill I'll introduce will require them to rehire those they fired, dissented from being vaccinated, nice. pay them what they were due and ensure that they got they get the promotions and eliminate expunge from their records any reference whatsoever to their right to dissent from being forced to be vaccinated by their government, by proxies for their government. I'd love to, Jonathan, I'm, I I mean, I'm chomping at the bit. I feel like (laughs) I'm at the gate of the Kentucky Derby. I'm very, very excited to understand and be a part of uh, helping you uh, be successful here. I'd like to, I've been, I've been involved in politics for now, almost 50 years. And because of that, but I've been more on the periphery. My spouse wouldn't allow me to get involved uh, with uh, running for office, but uh, I've seen great leaders and I've seen good people who became part of the system. And uh, one of the key things that I'd like to just share with this audience, a United States Senator is, is the equivalent of about a dozen congressmen. Uh, in the House of Representatives. They have extreme 
visibility and influence. And so the two places that, well, there's actually three, three places that I think everyone should focus on. And, and I hadn't found until you a candidate who I believe uh, actually can represent uh, what is needed at this country. One, the, the separation of federal overreach and regulatory bodies, which you understand as a lawyer better than almost anyone in the country. And to have you in the Senate leading the charge against the overreach of the regulators and uh, i.e. the deep state, I can say that word, <laughs> um, the people who are really running this country, and then the lobbyists for big pharma that are influencing the legislation on just unbelievable aspects, which then empowers the regulators because it's a circular staircase that they keep chasing each other around. But I, I wanted to ask you, I'm, I'm dying to know, uh, it would seem like Virginia, which has, has been pretty darn on the more liberal side for quite a while, uh, with the change with the election of your governor, who actually seems to have sights on even higher office, how are you finding Virginians seem to probably be quite open to looking on the outside and rebelling against this uh, cartel and this political nonsense that has infiltrated our system so bad are you are you finding that people are responding to your campaign uh somewhat as an outgrowth of of your governor's election which was kind of a, a big surprise yes uh in fact in fact the governor now governor yunkin has something like 72 percent popularity it's what he's wildly popular and that is in no small measure for his willingness to take on the school systems and fight for the rights of parents. And what we're finding is that uh, Virginians are largely discontented with the executive branch, President Biden, and with the go-alongs, those who've done all the bidding for Biden, like Tim Kaine. They are disgusted with the whole movement to protect the National Education Association and the lobbyists and their interests against the interests of the people. And what we find again and again, uh, we are approached over and over again by people telling me, for example, that my uh, one of the first pieces of legislation that I, I promised to introduce would make it a federal felony for anyone to aid or cause the transitioning of anyone under the age of 18. And that is an applause line that you is thunderous at every location. And the people are fed up the liberal agenda, even for those that had sympathy with it, has gone beyond the pale for almost all uh, people. And they're so angry and they're so upset, rightfully so, that a lot of people for the first time are voting Republican. Uh, and in, in this case, uh, they would vote for me because I've very clearly stated exactly what I will do. And if indeed I'm elected, what will happen is that that bill will be introduced. I'll, I'll campaign for it across the country, and it will provide a resolution to this horror that is going on, the mutilation of children, that is child abuse that's been going on in the schools in Virginia and around the country. So that, and, and also a lot of people who are uh, formerly Democrats, uh, for the first time becoming Republican, um, are, are interested in ending indoctrination in the schools with the whole CRT thing. I mean, what they're, they're upset that Marxism is being used 
through race and racism and separation of children based on race and stigmatizing some based on their race and elevating others based on their race. They're tired of this whole race conscious emphasis on the superficiality of the skin color as opposed to the content of character and, and of your academic ability in your brain and your and your skill sets that your God has gifted you with. They want a change back to what they used to understand to be reading, writing, and arithmetic. They are tired of this woke nonsense. So based on all of that, uh, we are very confident because we're seeing the Yunkin Coalition, which was comprised of about 3 to 5% of Northern Virginians' parents who previously voted Democratic shifted. We're now seeing that group actually increase substantially such that we think it's in the zone of now between six and 10%, uh, depending on the region in Virginia, uh, Northern Virginia. So that is a, a major factor that shifts the likelihood of success in our favor dramatically. Well, I'd like to just say to the, the listeners and to anyone who's in the sound of my voice, you know, when you have a candidate like Jonathan, that you can uh, support who you know has the experience, uh, who isn't. I mean, imagine that that uh, Delaware elected Joe Biden as a teenager, <laughs> yeah. virtually, and now he's reverted back to the, worse than that. But yes, he's in the reality <laughs> is that somebody, somebody who has your credentials, and 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 again, I think I think one of the most prominent issues in America today, at least in the forty percent range, if not higher is freedom of medical liberty, mm -hmm. medical individual Absolutely. choice. And that dovetails right into the transgender ad uh, um, agenda and also into the CRT agenda and all of those types of things. It absolutely is the exact same thing. Is who has the inalienable rights mm -hmm. as citizens? The regulators, the government, the federal government, and also, um, Jonathan, we need... We need advocates of separation of federal and states' rights. Mm -hmm. States are much better equipped to deal with their state than the overreach of the federal government. And I think that's why people were in love with Christy Noem, and that's why they liked Governor, De liked De Governor DeSantis and others who have stood up to the federal government on behalf of their states. And some do it maybe for political reasons or whatever, but you're a constitutional scholar. You understand... I believe, from what I can tell, that that you understand that separation. And the fact is, we need limited federal government that's supposed to do what they were meant to do in the first place, and then let's stay out of the state's business, but then let's help the states to make sure they have clean, fair elections so that the right people who actually get the votes, and you don't have a, a six-week mail-in voting and all this kind of stuff that could be solved at the federal level. but. So I'm delighted, but you know, if we could get a thousand people to donate ten dollars, if we can get you know ten thousand people to donate ten dollars, let me just tell you this: a donation for Jonathan of a hundred dollars or more or less, all of those things add to the momentum and the fact that he's outraised his other people. Mm -hmm. If this next quarter he can blow it out out the doors out in the next months as he's able to release this then those other candidates are going to jump on board mm -hmm. uh, with him and, and go from the race. And we can focus on uh, the devil himself, 
I guess yeah. that's Cain. No, Cain was his son. No, right. No, Cain no, wasn't whatever. He's something no, related. He was something related. Yeah. But, but, you know, we'll just paint him with the Hillary Clinton uh, yeah. jumpsuit easy, at easy the enough. same time. So I, I think there's he had so much baggage that what we need to do. Oh, my goodness. Give yeah. you the ability to be across the country on podcasts and all of those types of things away from the national media and let's let's do the old Francis Marion, the swamp fox, mm. and come out and defeat the British Army because they're marching along like a bunch of idiots, and we're going to be freedom fighters. And I would invite others to join Jonathan's efforts in uh, doing so. And I can tell you this: that uh, you know, I have people from time to time say, "John, you're probably a little too political; it may offend your people." <laughs> and I said, "You know what? If I offend my customers over truth and defending the Constitution, then..." Actually, I'll just let them go to diabetes and heart disease. I won't try to help solve their problem. Yeah. I, we're all we're all in on trying to help save our yeah. country. And Jonathan, thank you for your desire well, to John, leave. I'm I'm buoyed. I'm buoyed by your statements, and I'm grateful for them, and grateful for your support. And I do believe that you're a hundred percent right about these things. I think people are ready to see a re restoration of our constitutional principles of limited government. Our government is one of delegated powers. It's not uh, meant to possess all power. That power was meant to be retained by the states and people principally, and the federal government was to be one of delegated powers. We created this monster, which is the administrative state, and now it makes three quarters of all federal law, and the Constitution itself in Article One, Section One makes Congress the exclusive source of the law, and yet we have this administrative state now of over 250 federal agencies, bureaus, and departments that collectively make the law in almost every instance, and it's not those we elect. Well, that has to be corrected, and I wrote a bill many years ago for Ron Paul called the Congressional Responsibility and Accountability Act. I'll be introducing that again and what it would do is take every regulation that is proposed by an agency and make it a mere proposal. It could never have the force or effect of law unless passed into law by Congress. This restores the separation of powers and it neuters the federal agencies. And there's much more to be done on that score as well. Uh, and so all existing regulations would be sunsetted within three years unless passed by Congress. Nice. And this will shrink the whole federal establishment and make sure that the Constitution is honored, that Congress, again, becomes responsible for all the laws. Jonathan, that's beautiful. I love it. I, I'm so excited. To, it, that alone, there's so many other things that, that make me thrilled that uh, you're going to be in the U.S. Senate after you whoop Keynes, you know what, and send them home or wherever his home is. Uh, one of the things in Superdon, if you could show the Alliance for Natural Health article, I had sent this to Jonathan last week. I think it was, I mentioned that one of my friend's companies who Jonathan knows very well, he's worked with them over years, but it wasn't directed at them. There was like apparently like 470 letters sent out almost identical other than changing the names of companies and contacts uh, to warn from the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission. I got one. You got one too. Cardio Miracle got one. And it was like, we're putting you on notice that if you do this again, like what again? There was no specific allegation of any wrongdoing, but they wanted to have a preliminary thing so that they can find the next time something happens that they don't define $50,000 per occurrence. Right? Putting putting yeah. these uh, dietary supplement businesses at, at risk or, or out of business. And then the, their 
uh, perceived competition to uh, the the industry that has captured FTC and F- FCC and FDA, you name the agency, CDC, uh, and and put them out before they even have a chance. And of course, your Congressional Accountability and Responsibility Act revised uh, in a new form would wipe that potential out, I think. But talk to me about this FTC uh, letter now that you've seen it and the A&H has even commented on it. Yeah, this is a, uh, it's it's what's called an interorum effect uh, approach. In other words, uh, the FTC without probable cause, they, they operate continuously without probable cause, just based on hunch and suspicion. But here, they, they proceeded with nothing at all. And this is just to terrorize the industry, to encourage self-censorship, to make uh, people who, who are in this business so paranoid about their fate with the FTC that they will not communicate information, which, of course, results in the destruction of those companies, a reduction in the size of the market. So this is a mean-spirited, evil thing which is designed to terrorize an industry. Now, this is further reason why the Federal Trade Commission has to be abolished. President Reagan wanted to abolish the Federal Trade Commission. It was something not possible in his time. But we must be relentless in our quest to get rid of the Federal Trade Commission because the Federal Trade Commission is someone who has practiced before it repeatedly, and one of the few lawyers in the country has actually defeated the FTC and its own kangaroo courts. Uh, I can tell you, that it is a disaster because it's politically driven. The leadership of the agency picks targets. The prosecutor, that is the FTC commission, is also the ultimate judge. So you have a combination of prosecutor and judge. No justice comes from that. Former uh, FTC commissioner Joshua Wright explained several years ago that in every case where the FTC brings a matter against the accused, it uh, ultimately wins in 100% of the cases. He said it's impossible mm. to always, particularly when you know that they bring cases based on a hunch or a suspicion, to have a, have a record of 100% in prosecution. And the reason is that they never find themselves wrong. You ever, you ever know of a judge who was also a prosecutor, very rare circumstance you won't see in the, outside of the federal context, the rate agencies and the state agencies ever see a person who's the, has the power to be a prosecutor and a judge and also initiate an action who would ever find that they themselves were in error in initiating it and that the charges are actually bogus that they right. themselves brought it doesn't it, happen it, but this it, means that no justice is there mm-hmm. isn't that the the risk though too of even a supreme court ruling on the power of it, the government, for instance, and making that the last rule, because you've seen it, we've all seen it, the Supreme Court has gotten a number of decisions wrong regularly throughout the history of the United States. And then the risk is then, do we say, well, that's the final word and we have to obey, or do we go back to federalism and the states say, look, I don't care what the Supreme Court says. It's clearly wrong because they have been wrong. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes well, they the, correct. The good, news is that, the good news is that the Supreme Court now is moving very, very strongly against the regulatory states. So the Axon decision, which was a 9-0 decision, uh, held that, you know, uh, unprecedented, held that the uh, accused in an administrative case who wishes to raise a constitutional challenge to the agency's processes Mm -hmm. can bring the action first 
court and doesn't have to wait for completion of the agency's administrative processes. This is huge because the agencies have routinely abused their power and bankrupted parties in agency proceedings, mm-hmm. content that by doing so they could uh, r- do whatever mischief they wish to do against a party in the process and not have to account because the party would be bankrupted by the cost of their own administrative proceedings. Now, in both the SEC and the FTC context, but really for all agencies, based on the language of the decision, it is possible for a party to sue in the first instance in an independent federal court, and Mm -hmm. suddenly the agencies no longer are the combination of being prosecutor and judge, but instead (laughs) have to be a party before an independent judge. So how would this change strategically? Like, for instance, let's say this this recent FTC letter, let's say they then go after a company specifically to say, hey, we warned you and now you've done something. You don't have the preponderance of evidence or however they define it. Right. You've got, a, a you know, one scientific study showing this, what you're saying about it now, rather than begging the agency to consider the science that you've done, you can now go to the federal courts directly and say, hey, this agency is violating our, for instance, freedom of speech here to communicate truthful, non-misleading information. Well, yeah, I'll give you an example. Um, So let's say that you were ordered by the Federal Trade Commission to be a defendant in a FTC hearing, administrative hearing context. Okay. And you understand that the hearing uh, will not allow you a trial by jury, so that violates your Sixth Amendment rights. It will not allow you to confront your accuser, so that also violates your constitutional rights. It will not allow you to engage in discovery against the government. Uh, it will not allow you to, you're, you're presumed guilty until you prove you're innocent. So there are all these constitutional violations that are commonplace. And so what you do is you challenge the entire process in federal court saying they want to put me through this process, which is unconstitutional and they should be barred from doing so. So in other words, every time the agency turns around now, it's going to have to be mindful that parties can bring actions in federal court in the first instance, and that's going to help tame them. That's going to help make them reluctant to pursue things that they ordinarily would pursue that were wrong in the first instance to pursue just because they have the power and can abuse it. Now their abuses are going to be, they're going to be made to account more often. It's a step in the right direction, but a significant one in protection of, of, you know, fundamental freedoms of these companies that are, by and large, doing great work. I mean, they're not the companies that are uh, resulting in, in death, dismemberment, and mayhem, as we've seen about the pharmaceutical industry being approved by FDA and being, you know, known to be the third leading cause of death and getting away with it. You know, I wanted to well, You say, know, just to give you a real life. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, well, I just had to say, mm-hmm. Jonathan, I was going to ask you, in your years of working with the FDA and years of, of, of litigation there. How many deaths have you seen in the last 15 years that could be attributed to a nutritional product? Um, I would say, well, let me just take a look. And just I, the cases I had, alone I that I have been yeah, involved with. Yeah, I'd, I'd researched it, and I don't think there was ever one in the last 15 years but I know that there are things that people say, well, this might have contributed because they were taking something that increased their heart rate or whatever. But I was just curious if if you had seen that because I find it absolutely diabolical and 
and unconstitutional and unthinkable, illogical that here we see, uh, for example, Vioxx that was confirmed at almost a half a million deaths and estimated to be 10 times that. And yet people say, oh, well, this, uh, you know, too much vitamin D may be fatal versus what we've seen in the last three years. It's, it's just unbelievable to me. Yeah, it's it's insane. Uh, the degree of protectionism afforded the drug industry is uh, an exceptional and remarkable point that is horrible. We've seen the, uh, the, the FDA become a patsy of the largest pharmaceutical companies. We've seen them protect for example, Vioxx is a good example, uh, but there are numerous others uh, where they take drugs that even their own medical reviewers have deemed unsafe and allow them to remain in the market despite all of the adverse events. In the case of Vioxx, it was Commissioner Lester Crawford who uh, said to his medical reviewers that even though the medical reviewers were clamoring for him to take some significant action to restrict marketing of Vioxx, he said that no, he didn't think that the information on the adverse event reports that was published in JAMA, that was published in The Lancet about uh, the heart toxicity of Vioxx was valid. He said, I, and to show his confidence and support of Merck's drug, he said, I'm unilaterally approving the drug for use in rheumatoid arthritis, uh, pediatric rheumatoid arthritis patients in kids. Wow. And then two weeks later, under an avalanche of products liability suits, it was Merck itself that withdrew it. Unbelievable. But that whole, that whole thing is, yeah. is indicative of the, the extent to which uh, the FDA commissioners are in the, in the pockets yeah. of, you know, are in, under the control of the drug industry. In fact, when Crawford uh, left the FDA, he went to work for a company called Policy Directions, Inc., which was substantially funded by Merck. Hmm. So it's this type of in, incestuous and criminal relationships that people are sick of, rightfully so. And we really have to end the FDA drug approval process. We can't. The FDA is so inherently corrupt that we cannot rely on the FDA to review drugs for safety and efficacy. This must be done in a blinded manner in private labs without the drug companies knowing who's testing their products. And there needs to be actual independent testing to determine safety and efficacy. And we need to end the FDA censorship regime, which has been used as another means to protect the drug industry. Yes. And that whole censorship of health claims needs to come to an end. The First Amendment starts with the presumption that when you speak, you speak truthfully. Only after you have communicated a falsehood of fraud or deception can you then be prosecuted. The way the FDA has established it, you can't speak truth in the first instance unless the government tells you that it considers what you're about to say is true. Even That's if a you censorship substantiate it. prior yeah, you, restraint. You could substantiate and, it. And, and, and we're going to end that. Yeah. No, I, We're going to introduce legislation to deprive the FDA of the power to engage in censorship. It's going to end, and we're going to make that drug approval process an independent review, not FDA that's beholden to the drug industry, but blinded system under a statute to be performed by independent labs 
mm-hmm. and assessing safety and efficacy without the, the drug companies knowing which lab, without the drug companies having any influence yeah. with the drugs and the whole system being blinded. Hey, Jonathan, th- this hap- John uh, Hewlett, who's with me now, of course, you know, everybody here, if you're if you're just joining us, John Hewlett from Cardio Miracle, Jonathan E. Mord, he's running for the United States Senate in Virginia, emord4va.com. Check it out, support him, uh, check out the uh, upcoming events tab for him and all the places he'll be. Um, John, you said to me that at one point you were getting some regulatory pressure to change the name of Cardio Miracle because they didn't like the word miracle. <laughs> yeah, when we when we first started, some you know I had different uh, attorneys and other people say, "Oh, that's a bad word." <laughs> and I said, miracle. "Well, you know, I, I I understand a miracle to be something that's spectacular that occurs that we don't understand yet." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the good news is we now understand because we now have the science to back up what we've been claiming. But what's funny is, ten years ago, everyone thought, "Oh man, that's kind of a corny name." What you know, snake oil, whatever. And the other day, even a, a major competitor who was doing a disingenuous uh, falsehood comparison mm. on YouTube said it's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we now think people think they think it's a great name if it does for them what it did for me, which it sure. saved my life. And it helped Super Don and yes. it helps you in the Absolutely. gym. Absolutely. Yeah. So we, we wanted to have Cardio Miracle be part of the, the uh, uh, EMORD uh miracle yes of taking back our country mm-hmm. in the u.s senate because i'm telling you Rand paul and ron johnson and mike lee and those that are you know trying hard they, they still haven't gone they, over the edge they need they, Jonathan have, they, e. need, they, they need more spine in their spine mm-hmm. they need more steel in their spine and i think jonathan we'll can bring, bring that mm-hmm. to them but I'll tell you what's interesting, and Jonathan, let me just share with you, because I I am kind of a little bit of a political animal. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people who are saying they're considering supporting Robert Kennedy merely on this, this issue of personal choice mm-hmm. and freedom yeah. of their own health. Right. That's how much they feel it, yeah. So th- I think that's yeah, really and he has he, yeah. he has championed, I mean, Robert Kennedy although I disagree with him on economic policy and a number of things, on this issue of health freedom, he has been a champion. And the result of that is what you're seeing. He's getting significant support. And and I think that's also why we receive significant mm-hmm. support from people who are Democrats. I mean, all people, all, all people rally around the, the standard of individual liberty and protection of your rights. No one wants their rights to be violated. Uh, and even even the even the the, the most uh, uh, ardent Marxist, in the end, doesn't want his or her own rights violated. They want everybody else's rights violated. Well, when it comes so for their benefit, but when it comes to uh, honest, decent people. The idea that you should have a government that dictates uh, control over your body and what you introduce into your body is anathema to them. They hate that, and rightfully so. If you don't have control over your own body and it's and it's ceded to the government, you are but a slave. There's yeah. no difference between a state of slavery in the 1860s uh, and a state of slavery in uh, the present day, if another power can exercise control over your body and dictate what you must uh, fundamentally, the ownership over your body. Is, yeah, exactly. Meets that definition. And, and Jonathan, what what John brings up is interesting. I didn't consider it the way he put it, and I think you get it. 
It is such a profound winning argument, health freedom, medical freedom, that people who have been lifelong Republicans are willing to cross over to vote for Democrat Bobby Kennedy. In the same way I'm seeing in Virginia, and you are too, and around the country, where we've been in California and Arizona, different things, people who have been traditional Democratic voters are willing to cross over and vote for a Republican because of the health freedom, medical freedom issue. And this is, for me, has been... Right. I mean, just to give you one example, I mean, Dr. Robert Malone is a Democrat, but and I'm a Republican, but he so values my position on health freedom and on avoiding the mandates that he he endorsed me. Well, that's, that's so I think it does eliminate the party stigma. People are looking for individuals who will defend their rights and freedoms. And since that's been my whole career, I think I'm in a good position to see a person who has taken the authoritarian route, Tim Kaine, yes. uh, forced into retirement. I think I think people are, have had it that it's not an age uh, that is willing to accept total loss of control over their their persons in order to pursue whatever the government thinks is there in their best interest rather than what they perceive to be in their own best interest. And, and with that, uh, Jonathan, uh, I would I would say, and I'd like to give you this interesting example, Gordon Smith, who is a moderate, conservative, but religious person, similar to yourself, uh, he he was challenged in Oregon about abortion as a single issue. And he had been uh, president of the uh, Oregon Senate, had, had done all kinds of good things for the state of Oregon. And when he was running for office, they tried to pigeonhole him on that issue, the right to life, right to choose type of thing. And his response was, in one of the most, the third most liberal state in the country, is he said, well, I'm actually for adoption. Uh, personally and religiously, I'm against uh, the abortion. Mm-hmm. But he says, I would have a very hard time telling my three adopted children that I was for abortion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he mm-hmm. and he got through. He, yeah. he won in Oregon two terms until Al Gore smeared him at the 11th hour uh, and Obama beat him by, or the Obama landslide put in uh, Widener, who's unbelievably whatever, well, uh, put in Ron Wyden, yeah. I mean, and uh, that's the only reason Gordon isn't still there. But the point, the point I wanted to make is that as you are the champion, because this is an interesting irony, and it's a little bit of a challenge, is that we're all in on, on the Bill of Rights and the First Amendment. And, and yet the political world will tell us, and Coulter and others, that those who have, you know, lived and died on the anti-abortion thing have lost. Uh, even Republicans, I I believe that that um, person needs to stand up for what they believe in. I believe in it uh, seriously. I'm not a, running for office, but I, I I think I'm I'm wondering how how you're going how you've decided that you're going to deal with perhaps your personal feelings. I personally think that if it it mm-hmm. says hey I, it'll never be a litmus test for me, and I'm going to turn it back to the states where it belongs yeah, sure. for them to decide. That's right. And stay out of it. But I'm just curious how how yeah. you tried to deal with that, because- Jonathan. Before you answer that, I want to say well, that at one, yeah. what, at one of the events, Jonathan, that you were asked that question, and I was like, I we had never talked about it because you know it's like it's like a no win argument. People are for it or against it, right. and based on their belief system. And uh, you answered it masterfully, and 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 from the heart, sincerely. I was just blown away. We've not talked about it, so go ahead. 
Well, I'll tell you, this Dobbs decision has it right. Uh, there is no federal power over the issue of abortion. It was meant to be kept in the states and decided by the states. The founding fathers very clearly did not include any provision in the Constitution that would elevate to the federal level the issue of abortion, a medical issue. And so um, in the first instance, then, it's not a jurisdictional question. In other words, those who are running for federal office really, if you believe in the Constitution, would have to say that it's not addressed by the federal government and cannot be because it doesn't arise under the Constitution. But on the state level, I'm very much pro-life. And I believe that life begins at conception. And I believe, too, that women need to be given protection and help to the extent necessary to facilitate abortion. I'm not abortion, but adoption Mm -hmm. to facilitate adoption so that children who are brought into this world that for whatever reason are not wanted or cannot be cared for by their by their birth uh, uh, mother are not uh, are not just looked at as solely a, a, an option for abortion, but understood to be available uh, to be adopted. And that means reducing the barriers to adoption, encouraging adoption to the extent of allowing it in every hospital and every clinic to be available and making it uh, a process that can be done expeditiously. And this can be done. We have all these ridiculous impediments to it, which don't make any sense. In the last analysis, what we want to be sure to do is to ensure that we are compassionate, that we care for all of those who need our help in medical circumstances, but that we also value life and that we never put government in the position of, of not favoring life when it's innocent, when it hasn't had gone through due process, when it hasn't been Excellent. the subject of uh, even an opportunity to breathe the first breath outside of the womb, mm-hmm. not, not to be our business. And so that's uh, that's my view of it. But I, I do think uh, as far as the federal issue goes, it's it's, it's not, clearly an issue yeah. that does not arise under the Constitution, shouldn't be a subject of and, and legislation Jonathan, on the federal level. I don't remember if that question came to you when we were in California or Arizona. I'm not sure. I don't think it was on the Virginia tour, but it could have been. Uh, and again, you handled it, mass, handled it masterfully, and it was from the heart. It wasn't a canned speech. It wasn't a defensive response. And it, it was disarming, in, in a sense, of those who would be very passionate in terms of what they call women's rights to abort a baby. Uh, and I, I was, like I said, I, I'd never seen that. So beautifully done, Jonathan. Again, I know this is not a strategy. This is who you are. Exactly. And that's the most important. I think the thing, and, and from my observation, Jonathan, you're you're maybe get almost old enough to uh, to remember the Ross Perot movement. and And because of that, you know, the reality is many of us who got I got involved in that because I thought, you know, darn it. And this Super was, Don was this fired is up a, at that this time. This is in too. 1992. Yeah. And I thought, finally, we're going to see a change here. And he would have won if they wouldn't have, you know, blackmailed him or whatever they ended up doing to him. Mm-hmm. He would have won. He had the momentum to win. I think the the country is hungry for truth. And the reason... DeSantis has gotten such a favorable situation as he's standing up against tyranny. He's standing up against the federal government. He's made mistakes. Who knows, you know, who's behind him and all that. And I know there's all kinds of thoughts Mm -hmm. about that as well, but people are starving for integrity and people who will call it like it is and, and limit the role of the overreach of the government. And those things are, 
working favorably in your behalf. And I know that we'll be able to uh, help you raise the money that you need, but more importantly, get the message out to millions of people who are likewise, if we can get it out to a million people who will all put up the 10 bucks, mm -hmm. then you're going to have a really good chance because, you know, the Democrats are going to do everything possible to save Tim Kaine's hide because he's, He's part of the inner but he has, circle he has of to, darkness. Yeah, he has to run from his record, though, right now. Totally. As I said, even Can't. Democrats are not exactly. really pleased about a lot, but he's done. So right. it's going to be tough for him. But, yes, they can buy their way in, and that's where we need to support Jonathan, too. Yeah, exactly. Jonathan, so where's your next stop? Are you almost home, or did you make it home yet? Did we lose Jonathan? Super Don, did you press a button and said... <laughs> Or is it just too hot of a topic that we just hit? Yeah, he's not there. I don't know what happened. Hey, no. let me tell you. I, mm -hmm. I, Hold on, let me see if I can get him back on. See if you can get it back on. Yeah, I am. I am so glad that I heard from you this morning, and that mm -hmm. we happen to be in the same hotel yep. at the same time for this meeting that we're going to be a part of, and that I could be a part of. Jonathan, this is yep. a big deal. I'm excited about this. Yeah, beautiful. If we can get it back online here to wrap up uh, this first hour, the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour of the Robert Hello. Show. There you go, here John. We are. We're just in the last minute. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I can hear you now. Um, I just wanted with the last few minutes, and John Hewlett is so excited about connecting with you. You, you know, he can't, can't, he's just like, can't, can't contain himself <laughs> here, which is fun. Um, but, Jonathan, oh, we're, as we're wrapping up here, um, you know, the, the experiences that you're having on the campaign trail, the bits that I've been able to enjoy being with you and seeing what's happening, uh, it's very encouraging. And there's a lot of, uh, let's say, negativity and bad news out there. But, you know, the focus is, you know, where you put your energy, uh, you know, your attention and energy, that's what is fulfilled. And uh, staying positive, yes, we acknowledge the wrongdoing that's out there. You've seen it for decades in the courts and have fought for individual liberty and defense of freedom. And uh, you know, like I said, I'm encouraged. I'm not going to focus on the negative, even though I'll acknowledge that it's there. So what's next for you, Jonathan? Where are you going next? Well, we have a whole bunch of different events, rallies. We have a rally coming up in Virginia Beach, which will be a fantastic thing. We have a, uh, a fundraiser in uh, Nebraska, in Omaha, Nebraska, with the Liberty Ladies, a very large group of patriotic women who have uh, had me out there before and they have me out there again uh, to help raise revenue. And then we're also um, having these events at breakfast clubs and at Republican Party uh, committees and at uh, a, an event coming up here in the Northern Virginia area where local people have gotten together and are sponsoring a meet and greet with apparently over 250 people that want to come out and meet us and we're going to talk to them. So I, there, if you look on our website at emord4va.com under the events tab, you'll see the beginning listings of all of these things. And over yes. the next uh, week or so, you'll see a lot more. Beautiful, beautiful. And I'm looking forward to being with you at whatever event we can uh, connect on as well coming up. And Jonathan, like I said, great news. Feeling really good. I'm so excited about the response uh, and where you're at in Virginia and the support we're getting from all over. America, uh, because, you know, even if you're not from Virginia, to have Jonathan Emore in the U.S. Senate will be impactful. As I, as John Hewlett just said, those other folks that are trying to do some good things, they need a little bit of strength and a little bit more knowledge and experience that you bring to it. And I think, again, that's the sphere of influence you enter, and that will impact them positively and will impact all of us positively. 
Yeah, I might mention that on emordforva.com, I think now they're running uh, the advertisement that we have put on Fox stations across the Commonwealth. Uh, that uh, ad has been very successful. There are very large numbers of people that have communicated to us telling us that they saw the ad, that they appreciated the message, and that they're interested in supporting the campaign. So we had that broadcast this past week. Um, all, all over Virginia and every city, every town and every county. And Beautiful. it's been uh, it's been helpful to na increase name recognition. But more importantly, the underlying message is resonating very strongly with people. So that's that's good news. Yeah, we'll keep it up. And we played it before. We'll play it again. Jonathan, God bless you, my brother. Good to see you. Love to Cheryl and the kids and everybody out there supporting you. Uh, you know, health, freedom, healing, liberty, a Republican form of government, a, a place where there is on the planet still a defense of individual liberty rather than a an attack and a destruction of it. And that's worth standing for in this lifetime and the next and for our kids and their kids. So thank you, Jonathan. You bet. And bless you to you and to John and to everybody who are in your families. I think uh, good days are ahead. I'm not a pessimist. I'm an optimist. we got to get to work, but we'll save our country. We'll save the state of Virginia. It's all possible. All right, Jonathan, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Until next week on that one, we'll be back for the Sacred Fire of Liberty. We've got a whole other hour of broadcast healing to go from Nashville. I hope you're going to join us. Uh, John Hewlett, you going to hang out for another hour with how, us? How can I resist? All right, well, we're going we're gonna to do it. Super Don, we'll hear from him as well. Uh, we've got more news on the power grab from the World Health Organization over pandemic response. There's a little bit out of uh, Great Britain. Our friends at UK Health Radio might be interested in this one. Uh, also, the COVID public health emergency is, is ending uh, what is what does that mean oh moving my gosh, forward? It's right? ending. Yeah, does it's that, ending. Does it mean it's really over? Also, oh a Utah woman first to sue Merck, alleging that Gardasil caused her to get cervical cancer. And there's hay fever. We got questions of the day on nebulizing silver for children, and more coming up on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Please share the show. We'll look for you in the notes there, as well as the uh, chat room. Right, RobertScottBell.com/slash/listen. Back after this with more powerful healing because the power to heal is yours. All right. Uh, look, I think we're back live again. Super Don confirmed that for us here. We were getting some wonkiness at the top of the hour there. The, the I video. see you. What's going on? I don't, well, the video that you played normally in the top of the hour, it was buffering bad for us. And I just uh, had to get out and come back in. So, oh. Something glitched. So are we okay? Everything okay? Yeah, right everything here? looks good on the stream going out to Rumble. Okay, good. So some kind of internal glitch <laughs> kicked into gear. I don't know what, where, why, or how. But, dude, that was a great hour. Uh, with Jonathan E. Moore having John Hewlett here in, in Hotel Studio in Nashville. It's been fun, and we've got a whole other hour of broadcast healing to go. What do you think? I mean, uh, we have certainly covered political candidates over the years of doing the show, you know, 24th year. Why, how couldn't we? And we've had many candidates on, uh, and, and yet we've never been as close to someone as Jonathan E. Moore to know his tracker, know him personally the way we do as much as we were Ron Paul people, and still am. Uh, right. You know, as I said, I haven't been excited about a candidate since Ron Paul ran for office. And, and Ron Ross Paul Perot had, people, at least two of Ross us. Anyway. Perot, yeah. Hey, yeah. I was, hey, I passed out. I'll bet you <laughs> I bought a thousand tapes mm -hmm. and passed those little suckers out. Did everywhere. you? And I was 
devastated. I was, I was, uh, over the kidnapping of his daughter or whatever. Oh, the, yeah. No, that was some on. insane stuff. I was Crazy. the, uh, yeah. I was he the county, won. He would have county, won. Yeah. The county so. coordinator for the, uh, for the campaign down where I was living. <laughs> mm -hmm. There we and go. The big I was, connection. I was just a young guy, right? You know, I was in my, yeah. uh, well, 92, 87. So I was 25. 25 23 excuse me 23 from the from the south of the border yeah it was it was an amazing it really was truly was. an amazing time because uh being out there uh with you know just with the, the people right you know you had old people that hadn't voted yeah. for 20 years because they yeah. thought it was a waste of time you had young people that hadn't been into politics like me Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, before very enthusiastic, you know, suddenly, suddenly out of nowhere comes this, this short guy with big ears that it was like yeah. grandpa, right. You know, yeah. that, that, that suddenly showed up on TV with charts and a stick and was showing everybody, this is the reason why the prayers, what the problem is, and this is what we need to do to fix it. And this is why George Bush is not the guy. And this is why Bill Clinton's not the guy just destroyed everybody on on tv bought tv time he just bought tv time he was like i'm just gonna buy an hour you know in the middle of prime time because i can um yeah it was just crazy and and it was the the energy that, that was out there you know with the people and stuff like that it was something i'd never experienced before uh and you were right you're right he, he totally was on his way to win and then all of a sudden he drops out it's unbelievable. And then he yeah. comes back in and then he drops out. It's just like, what's going on here? So, yeah, dude, what a wild night. And, and again, I say this with, with not to any, dissuade anybody from participating, but I recognize that, um, you know, voting by and large has not been very successful for a lot of reasons. Uh, but in terms of, um, I, I, I think the, the very special place that the United States has, uh, as, it's high ideals on this planet. The one, the one government that was formed with the intent, and in, you know, not only acknowledging that our rights come from God, not government, but it, it, it's in defense of liberty as opposed to running roughshod over it. Now, I'll be the first to admit, and as an American, we haven't lived up to those high ideals. There have been a lot of things that I go, dude, that did not align, you know, with those principles. But that doesn't mean give up because if we give up, that we, you know, tell me what other options. government of the world, what other options, you know, there is none, and and so, look, some might say we're tilting at windmills. And, you know, I agree there are certain things that I, that I could argue, you know, that that falls into line, that statement. But if there is a, uh, you know, a, a place in what, what I call co-creation, if we are given the powers of co-creation by God, and I believe that, that we're here not just to be passive observers, but to engage. Now, what is it to do to engage? Is, it, is everybody has to do the same thing? No, we're all individuals. We all have strengths and weaknesses. And things that light us up that, that I think it's part of why we're here. Why does it light up for us? Because it's why we chose to come here on some level and, um, to run for office like Jonathan E. Moore has decided to do, didn't come easily to him. He didn't want to, that wasn't his desire ever in my knowing him for over, you know, two decades plus. But when he realized he couldn't, even after winning against the oligarchy numerous times, eight times against the FDA, as he mentioned, he beat the FTC in their own kangaroo court. And yet they still continued to run roughshod over the rights of individuals in this country and the people who ran companies. He realized, I, I can't leave knowing that I could have done more. And that's, you know, that was my discussion with him about, I wanted to know where his wife and his kids are and all of this. And 
Uh, he checked all the boxes. I went through everything with him. We were talking about it. And I said, okay, I think you, you're not going in unconscious about any of these things. You're not deluded about any of these things. You really have a belief system that I align with and I want to support you. I want to see you there. Does that mean it changes the United States overnight? No. I, so don't be, you know, thinking that, oh yes, that's it. The heavens open up because Jonathan E. Moore is the United States Senator. But the influence he has on other people that are trying to do work and have a limitation or button up against things, it changes the energetic equation as well as the, the knowledge base there to strengthen our, our understanding of history and countering the things that have become obvious to even more people than ever that have gone wrong. Does it, does it fix everything? No, I never said that, nor did he. But every step toward freedom is, you know, the gaining the ground. Michael Bolden always quotes this from the Tenth Amendment Center, the gain, gain you know, the, the ground of liberty is gained not in one fell swoop, but by inches, you know, very, and I apologize. I don't know all the quotes that, that, uh, mm -hmm. uh Bolden does. He's the quote meister. I uh, love that. But, uh, knowing that recognizing that even little steps are significant and some steps could be considered more significant than others, but every step toward freedom, toward liberty, toward limiting government is a step that will be benefiting not only us right now, but hopefully our children, if they appreciate it, because they can decide to lose it too, just as we have in our lifetime or our parents' lifetime. Well, Jonathan um, is an interesting candidate mm -hmm. because uh, I'm not a big lawyer person. You know, I, I kind of believe that, you know, what do you do with 10,000 lawyers across the bottom of the ocean? Or what do you call that? Yes. It's a damn good start. Right. Now this, but, but so I'm, even though I was going to go to law school, mm -hmm. but having someone who understands the uh, moot court, the Constitution, the, the rules of the Senate, having somebody who goes in there, who knows what he's doing, who knows the judicial process, who knows the law, knows mm -hmm. the Constitution, and has been fighting against the regulators for 20-some-odd years. Mm -hmm. He knows who the enemy is. And look at the impact. I mean, Ron Johnson, nobody knew who Ron Johnson was until he stood up a little bit. He stood up about 90%. He could have done For the victims, the injured. Exactly. Uh, the he had, at least yeah. had the hearings. Mm -hmm. Ron Paul has gotten a lot more uh, publicity with his nice hairpiece and stuff. And, 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 and he's done a lot of good things. I, um, Rand Paul, I mean, Rand, yeah. I, I, I actually lean on the dad. I think Ron was, was yeah. even more committed, but what happens, Robert is, is they get caught into the being electable mm -hmm. situation. And so having citizen, uh, you know, Ron Paul was an op op Rand Paul was an ophthalmologist, I believe. Rand, yeah, Rand's Rand. ophthalmologist. And he, um, and so he had some background and he challenged fakie and all that stuff, Dr. Mm -hmm. F. And so uh, because of that, he got a, a little bit of, of credibility there, but they didn't, they didn't go to the mat completely. They needed to. And I mean, can you imagine now that we have Dr. F coming out and saying, well, I don't, I guess the masks weren't as effective as we thought. Right. And I'm like, I mean, seriously, I, I we were talking to Dr. Lee Vleet the other day and we were working with some various people, Tracy Stroop and a few people that Stroop, yes. Stroop, fantastic. Mm, Tracy's awesome. On, on some things. And, and, um, yeah, she's one of your old colleagues from she's a good yeah, friend. from Trinity. Yep, yeah. Um, but Tracy's amazing. She is. But in in dealing with this, we've determined, and one of the things with Cardio Miracle that it's, it's applicable, we've determined that almost that virtually everyone in this country has has been post traumatic stress disorder of the last three years, because when I see a twenty one year old guy at a restaurant 
wearing a mask, I want to yeah. scream at him and say, what are you thinking? Yeah. And, you know, I said to Janet yesterday on the plane, I said, isn't it interesting that, that if, if we were to challenge somebody mm -hmm. who had a mask on now, they would look at us like that we're a tyrant beyond belief. Right. And yet we had people challenging flight, us for not flight attendants right. screaming at people mm -hmm. and telling them they were going to wake them up if they didn't keep the mask on. And when they're drinking their drink, they had to yeah. hold them. I mean, this is what we lived through for three years. Yeah, it was. It, it, yeah, you have to acknowledge the trauma, traumatic uh, discord of human to human contact and what happened there. It was interesting as I was checking in for the flight yesterday. I uh, uh, had uh, brought the Cardio Miracle suitcase as well, and so I got a chance <laughs> to talk and chat with. And it was a very quiet time at the airport. A uh, couple of Southwest ticket agents there, very nice ladies. And, you know, they were looking at it, like, wondering what I'm doing with these things. And I said, yeah, well, I've got lots of Cardio Miracle in here. They're like, ooh, what's that? They were intrigued immediately. <laughs> and, and so I told them, I said, yeah, and I'm using this, and I'm kicking butt in the gym, and I'm this age. And, you know, I tell the story. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, I go to this gym. She she went to a gym that where they monitor the heart, like I've oh, talked yeah, about, be able to sure. see it. I said, yeah, you watch what happens when you do this. She says, oh, oh I definitely, give me the link. So I gave her the link oh, and everything. Good for you. And then as Great. I'm talking about, this, you know, it, it went into the realm of COVID and COVID jabs. And both of those ladies, those ticket agents at, at the counter there, we, we see all these people that are having heart problems. And I said, you know, it's because of the jab. They said, yes, we know. And we, and I said, did you get it? No, uh, -uh. we were two weeks away from getting fired wow. and they stood their ground. They said, I would rather lose my job than lose my life. And, and wow. that's when the thing was rescinded and they, they, they still work there. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot of these untold stories, more so than we realize that, that a lot of people didn't fall exactly. for it. And, and that's why the statistics are misleading. Yes, I you agree. Know, people say, yeah. well, 70% got I don't it believe or whatever. It. I don't yeah. think they did either. And, you know, the, the question came is that, that even on states' rights, what happened was the government overreach was so profound because guess who held the checkbook? Mm -hmm. Of all the state medical schools, research grants in the United States, mm -hmm. Fauci. Yeah. So oh, he, he was over all of the disbursements of virtually controlling between all the different entities who yeah. got research money. They needed and, to. And he, would, he made the phone calls, I believe, and I have sources that told me that he made the phone calls to the governors and said, either you're on board or else we're pulling the funding right. from your universities on the research. This is this was extortion at the Power highest the purse, level, yeah. oh. and then uh, you know this business about thousands of people in the in these agencies all got bonuses for you know uh, royalties off of stuff that they approved. I mean the insider trading aspect, you know, and then then of course you hear about the politicians all becoming millionaires. Mm. It's you know we live in a very very challenging time, and this is why it's really important. That, I'm telling you. A senator makes a difference. A governor makes a difference. A school board member makes a difference. Um, the Nash, the president obviously makes a difference. Um, but, you know, I, this is such a, a dilemma. But I, I would rather have I would rather have a Democrat Mm -hmm. uh, who believes in the constitution, like, yeah, like Robert right. Kennedy, yeah. than than to have a Republican rhino. Yeah. Who's an authoritarian. Exactly. exactly. Uh, so we, we've got to talk about this as well on a, uh, I guess an international scale too. And by, and by the way, the ladies uh, there, I told them about the documentary film, Utah safe and effective. 
you guys can go to utahsafeandeffective.org. It's really well done, very well referenced. You can share it with medical and scientific people. It's not going off half cocked, and it's not necessarily political either. It's it's factual, factual, and it, it shows you as well <laughs> how ironic, factual, how both Democrats and Republicans fell for it or participated in it as well. Everyone did, everyone. So yeah, almost everyone, yeah, with fair, very rare exceptions. So um, we we talked also with Jonathan last week about Tim Kaine, Senator Kaine voting uh, against the Senate attempt to say, hey, if Biden wants to change or amend this treaty with the WHO or pandemic re- response, it needs to come to the Senate for advice and consent. And of course, Kane voted against that. And so did all, most all, I think the Democrats too. Uh, but in the United Kingdom, Superdon, there's a story out of the UK where there's a par- parliament member that's warning against the WHO pandemic treaty, the IHR amendments. So it's happening in every country. Uh, this is in the Defender. Who's wrote this? Uh, Suzanne uh, Burdick, PhD, wrote this. A huge power grab. UK Parliament Emory. A member warns against this. So again, anybody that's into the idea of national sovereignty, in other words, the UK has an independent ability to decide how it wants to respond. Superdon, you can come in. I want to hear from you on this too. Uh, there is, a, There are a few politicians that are pushing back. And I, th- I wish there were more Republicans pushing back here in America on this one as well. But uh, how interesting that the United Kingdom is also suffering under this. Yeah, you know it's uh, you, you know more about these treaty things than I do. Mm-hmm. I understand the you know the basics of it, but um, I've just I've never seen a huge advantage for us anyway. Maybe other countries in the in the in the world maybe it you know serves some sort of purpose and helps stuff like that. But for the United States, it's like whether it's the World Health Organization or the United Nations, I just don't. We just pay for everything. Just, yeah, I mean, it's just it's like, what, what, why are we even a part of this? I mean, it, it doesn't look nice on the resume or something, you know? It's like, we're a member of the whatever. Yeah, Part of the global family mentality with uh, us being the financer, financier of the whole thing, and we're always resented. You know, it's inter- there, there's an interesting aspect to that. People resent you, but they want the money. And so they resent. I mean, if you've ever traveled certain countries, France, for example, they they don't like Americans. They resent Americans. The Parisians. My, yeah, my, yeah. When I used to go to Italy in my golf business, mm-hmm. I used to think, what's wrong with you guys? And they they resented the America success story. And they resented America's influence in the world. They resented that. Well, guess what? We're losing all of that. All of that's going down the crapper mm-hmm. with what's been going on the last 30 years. Well, it's one thing to inspire people to do something that's pretty cool, right? Like if you're into freedom, it's another thing to go there and force them to accept your, your ideas, way. right? Exactly. That's where you're going to get resented. Exactly. And that's where, again, we're we on a lot of toes over the we years. Have. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, especially when you go in there and mm-hmm. regime change, you know, yeah. and, and trying to say, Hey, you will like this. And it's failed miserably pretty much everywhere that we've tried to do that. Yeah. Right. So no, you're right. It's yeah. very, it's a slippery slope, but I'm, uh, but I, but I can't say enough about people need to get involved with their school board. They need local, to get involved yeah. with their local, their County mm-hmm. commissioners, hold them accountable, go after, you know, people in the state government. But if you're going to support something national, support somebody like Jonathan Emord, because yeah. he can make a difference as a Senator. Mm-hmm. Senators can make a difference especially someone who has his legal background, 
and his essentially battle with the deep state for 25 years. Yeah. That's a big deal to have him be aware because mm. there are other smart senators. They just don't have his experience of the people who are doing such a bad thing. I, my, I don't have my glasses on, so tell me. No, I'm just, have a question I, I just see a, a buddy of mine, Adrian, going back to elementary school in the audience. We hadn't seen him in a while. Welcome back, Adrian. I know he's like it, it, wrestling hall of fame, I think in Alabama or Georgia, I can't, cause you're right on the border there, Adrian, but welcome back, my friend. I know that uh, when the school year ends, you can come in and join it. We always love having you uh, comment as well, but yeah, Jonathan E. Moore's running as a Republican, but he is a constitutionalist. If there ever was one and uh, Ron, Ron Paul has endorsed my friend, Jonathan E. Moore as well. And he doesn't do that very much at all. Uh, so uh, it's a fascinating journey we're on. I just love covering it from the basis of principle Principle stands for freedom against tyranny. It seems to be an easy thing to, to be against tyranny, but unfortunately, many people who proclaim they're for freedom are actually for tyranny based on their behavior. The track record of Jonathan Emord is not that. That's why it's so significant. Now, there's another story here on the public health issue, and public health to me is an oxymoron a little bit. It, it's, there's no such thing as public health. It's your health or my health or nobody's, right? It's an individual thing, but public health is a collectivist idea and agenda. It's a pronoun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know which one that is. But uh, what is this article here? It says, COVID public health emergency is ending. Uh, it now joins the ordinary emergency that is American health. That's an interesting headline there, Super D. <laughs> The ordinary emergency that is American health. Uh, I, the I worst, can... worst healthcare system in the world, yet mm. the most money spent on a healthcare system in the world as well. Yeah, completely wasteful because it's all uh, about everybody suffers from an FDA approved pharmaceutical drug deficiency. There is no focal point in our healthcare system on health in reality, even though we would argue, hey, there's a little bit more freedom in it. But really, as we talked about the FTC and the FDA restricting your freedom to know about uh, the details and scientific validation for, for wonderful products that we talk about here on this show, uh, the fact that I don't sell any helps me to be able to be more candid about these things. If John Hewlett talks about his product, he has to be very muzzled in terms of what he can say, uh, which is a crime because freedom of speech wasn't delineated by the founding fathers in the First Amendment. They didn't say, well, you're, you have free speech except when it comes to selling a product. You know, as long as you weren't deceiving via, you know, fraud and, or coercing and that, that kind of thing. And there's, there's statutes on the books from time immemorial against fraud and deception. Uh, but we have a, a, a regulatory state that, you know, assesses you and says you're guilty. Good luck proving your innocence in our kangaroo court, uh, which is, you know, anathema to freedom. So what is this emergency that we have well, guess, ongoing. Well, what we have is three years of the American health across the board has dropped 40%. Significantly. Because yeah. of what, between the stress, the fear, the lockdowns, the economic impact, the emotional separation from family and loved ones, having having people die that you can't even say goodbye or have, have any kind of a relationship as they exit this uh, mortal sphere. And then you add the jab, the bioweapon, and then the other... Uh, things that have gone along with it. Now the shedding, my goodness, it, the, the entire country is so far worse off mm -hmm. three years later, thus our mission to try to help build the immune system. Yeah. And as, as I talked with uh, John Witcher, who's running, he's a physician and a great physician from Mississippi, a good man, nice man, man of integrity, who's running for governor, but he's got to go up against the incumbent governor, Republican in the primary. Rhino, but right? he's got, you know, the guy, the guy, existing governor's got $10 million, money, $10 yeah. million dollars, right. and John Witcher's 
you know, and I've, I've already helped him. I would encourage everyone to send him $10. Help him get you know, going. If, if yeah. everyone would just send in $10 or if you can afford it to send more to a John Witcher and a Jonathan E. Mort and these, these quality constitutional, God-fearing, Judeo-Christian-based, these both, both these men are Christians, but it's Judeo-Christian tradition of our country yes. that people should you know believe and a respect or libertarian acceptance of anyone's Every, beliefs, yeah, which is what the Constitution was meant to do. Well, and that's an important point because when people are outside of the Judeo-Christian belief system or viewpoint, they're frightened that, that what that you're saying— They're going to be excluded right, or and, and discriminated The against. point is— it was born of that acceptance, yet there are certain people, whether they be religious or otherwise, that want to accept you, right? But that's not what we're talking about. And those people of faith recognize they don't want a theocracy because when they're not in power, somebody else gets in and wipes them out. So we've learned our lesson and some people are right. actually aware of that. So don't overreact for those of you who aren't in that religious sphere uh, about this. We want these principled men or women in office to uh, limit government, not run roughshod Const over your rights. Constitutional. Yes. Exactly. You know, I, I would say, you know, I've, I've been thinking, what can people call themselves? Because the parties, both parties have their all kinds of problems, mm -hmm. but maybe it should be a, you know, until there's going to be actually enough for a third party that's legit, mm -hmm. that can make it a constitutional conservative or a cons constitutional Republican is a good place to stand right now. Yeah. Well, right now they have a, a monopoly stranglehold on most races. So, you, you know, yeah. like Ron Paul, he had to run as a Republican. Exactly. Uh, so look at the integrity or lack thereof of the individual candidate, no matter what. And we talked about this last hour, the willingness of Republicans to cross over and vote for someone like Bobby Kennedy, because on the key issues like health, freedom and bodily autonomy, medical freedom, we're aligned. And we could disagree yeah. with them on some economic policies, but let's weigh that out versus freedom. If you don't have personal freedom, yeah. it doesn't matter how much the minimum wage is. Right, right. Exactly. It doesn't matter about exactly. uh, you know various aspects of of the formerly. I mean, the John Kennedy, the, his uncle and his father would both be considered. Uh, to the right of most moderate oh, yeah. Republicans. Oh, yeah, I said that about that. The Kennedy <laughs> Democrats are more conservative than many Republicans of today. Exactly. Interestingly enough. Exactly. Uh, Super Don, do you, can we go through the upcoming events tab? Can you show that? Go full screen on it just so we'll let everybody know what's going on this weekend and, and moving forward. A number of events that are new that people might not be aware of. We're in Nashville, Tennessee this weekend. Right now we're in Nashville uh, broadcasting live. Super Don's back in his studios in Oregon. And I'm trying to coerce, talk about coercion, Super Don to meet me in, in Boise, Idaho, June 2nd and 3rd. Uh, but we'll talk about that. That's one. Could you go full screen? Thank you. Yeah. The American Health and Freedom Summit and Expo. That starts technically uh, tomorrow. There'll be some things, 28th, 29th, and 30th. Uh, and it's amazing. Judy Mikovits, our good friend, who she, she utilizes and endorses uh, Cardio Miracle as well. I'm looking at all these wonderful people. That's that June 2nd and 3rd. Uh, well, that yeah, I'll be talking about that in a moment as we scroll down. But look at all the, the great people that are here. There's John awesome. Hewlett on the poster as well. Oh. And uh, Witcher, uh, Dr. Witcher is going to be coming to this event. Uh, so if those of you who would love to support us and be here, uh, my gosh, just dart on over. If you're in Atlanta, it's like a four-hour ride up the road. Come on and let's see you. If you're uh, in Nashville, there are no rental cars in Nashville. They're all gone? They are all gone. Oh, I've been man. gone for a week. So if you live in Nashville, just drive your own car over 
Yeah. And come and see us. We'd love to talk. Or Uber and Lyft over Uber from the and airport. Uber and Lyft over from the airport. All right, scroll down. Um, there's a you know Dr. Moore who has been uh, indicted by the, the feds over his willingness to help his patients uh, to not get the jab, the official jab. There's an event there on the 20th of May. If we scroll down as well, uh, the Advanced Medicine Conference with Dr. Rashid Bittar. We had he was a surprise guest on our Zoom AMA. You guys missed that, dude. You want to be patron supporters of the show to see that. Uh, that's great. Advancedmedicineconference.com. Use RSB as the code to get a discount. This is the one I was talking about for you, Super Don. We wow. the Patriots USA. And Brian Festa has invited me to speak and have a booth there. Uh, there's Brian Hooker there. I see that. There's Ryan Cole. Uh, there's a lot of amazing folks that are going to be there. Ken Rutgers, who's a former uh, Super Bowl, well, former, he's always a Super Bowl champion for the Green Bay Packers we had on the other day. He'll be there. Uh, our friend, have you ever met Connor Boyack from the Tuttle Twins? He's uh, in Utah. You'd love to. You'd oh, love him. He's a real constitutional him. guy. Dr. Jack, James Lines, Weiler, Brian Hooker. So that's coming up June second and third, a Friday, Saturday in Boise. I've never been to Boise, so I'm. You haven't? Oh, never. it's great. Yeah. Boise, Boise's kind of like uh, kind of Salt Lake was. Yeah. Twenty years ago. Okay. Yeah, Boise's a great, great city. Yeah, beautiful this time of year. That's a nice place to go. So looking forward to being up there with everybody. Uh, we've got something that just added in. Uh, June 24th, a Saturday all-day event in, uh, where is it? Where is it? Um, Loveland, Colorado. Thank you, Loveland, Colorado. Well, that's a lovely place. That's a lovely Colorado. place. <laughs> and I remember being there. I think it was the NOCO Hemp Expo, but I could be wrong in my memory, but I think that's what it was up there. And there was a great farm-to-table restaurant I've got to find again. But June 24th, 2023, uh, Real Solutions for Healthy Living. I'll be speaking awesome. there. I'll have a, a booth there as well. Then we have our RSB family union. First time ever, thanks to oh, you're uh, kidding. Leslie. How exciting. Leslie has done extraordinary work with her uh, podcast on the Robert Scott Bell Podcast Network, and, and hers is called Stay at Home Mom or Stay at Home Mom. And uh, people are loving her, and she's hosting with her husband and kids, six girls, uh, the RSB family union, a weekend kind of like a mini Woodstock with music and, and education and, and uh, learning about homesteading uh uh, things and you can I'll bring my guitar. That'd be and awesome. Play around we the campfire. Bring, bring the uh, le- hey, former lead singer. This is just down the street. The former lead singer of the turtles. Turtles will, will come be there, right? It's, so this is in Midway in, in, in the homestead. This no, this will be. I wish it was in Midway. It'd be closer oh, I was for all of us. Say. No, this is in Southwest Missouri. Oh. Yeah, it's a little harder to get to. So you got to want to be there. But I think that we've got who? Who did we wow. say? So a few people that have confirmed already, uh, including uh, who's the doctor? Ben Tapper is going to be there with us oh. as well. Really cool. How guy. far is that from uh, like Kansas City or from Branson? Any uh, idea? Uh, two or three hours? I, I don't know. Is it? Or, yeah, is it in big, the middle of the state? Southwest kind of? Missouri. Yeah. Southwest. Oh, well, so it's close to Colorado then. I guess closer okay. anyway. All right. So keep scrolling down. Let's see what else we got coming up after oh, that. You got a schedule. Oh, bro. dude. And this is not everything. All right. We got the Maho Summer Splash. That's for the natural products industry, the, the health food stores. Uh, and that'll be in Columbus, Ohio, June 21st, 23rd. And we got the Biomed Expo. I've been uh, invited to speak. I have a booth, and I want to invite you all to be there. Maybe we, you guys are not far. We can get you in there no, to speak. absolutely. September 14th through 17th, 2023 in Las Vegas. Uh, you can register at biomedexpo.com. And I'm looking at, in fact, I'm trying to help them out. Uh, there are good people putting it on. I'm trying to gra- gather some more speakers that I think would be good. quality. Great. So that would be great. And then we got the uh, Trinity Health Freedom Expo. Uh, that'll be the uh, middle of 14th and 15th of October back in uh, Tinley Park Convention Center outside of Chicago. I will come this time. You will. You better be there. It's Maybe amazing. And before that, we'll have another Utah event early in, in October, the week before the Health Freedom Expo will be your Health mm-hmm. Freedom. 
uh, thanks to my friend Kristen Chevrier, and I'll be speaking at that. So as you can see, there's a lot going on. And uh, one thing I would encourage you is if you ever get to these events, if you haven't, you don't know, get to one, you'll be like, man, why wasn't I going to these events? It's just something special about getting together with fellow souls, like-minded people. people. Yeah. And it is just, you, you feel stronger. Uh, you realize that you're not alone in your feelings and you don't have to be afraid. So that's you know, what's last, really cool. Last week when we were together, we saw each other at the Get Healthy event in Utah. Oh, Be Healthy, yes. Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was a great event. You know, it was interesting to have maybe 200 people in a, in that setting. It's kind of like talking in an aircraft hangar right. or something. Yeah. But it was, it was such a connection. Mm-hmm. So many people came up to me and said, thank you. Yeah. Thank I had a you, lot of that too. Yeah, thank was... you for what you're trying to do. You know, we don't realize that, and, and, and there are a lot of people who got deceived the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They feel bad. So reach out to them. Give them some hope. And one of the things that they're, people are running pretty concerned when they're seeing 30-year-olds getting, you know, brain tumors. They're seeing people who, ha- we have our neighbor in St. George, mm-hmm. she had breast cancer. 25 years ago and after the jab unfortunately it's everything's come back with a vengeance in like 60 days she's on hospice well and i mean it's unbelievable how fast this is affecting people thing is when we come to these events a lot of our focus is on how do we help them uh, we're not shunning them because they made decisions right. we didn't agree with. Well, that they that yeah. they were forced into in most cases. Yeah. So um, Judy Mikovits is doing great work, and you mentioned Tracy Strout, terrific people, and and I'm doing my best to get the word out as well, and I'll be doing that here and at these other events. Uh, and and by the way, I want to do a shout out. Thank you, Super Don, if you can. The Nutritional Frontiers website, our friends uh, Jamie. Uh, Dorley and the crew from Nutritional Frontiers, they've been amazing supporters of, of the Robert Scott Bell Show and this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty. And um, they're friends. They're really supporting all of us and, and uh, your good health. And you can plug into the great things they've done. I've, I've integrated the uh, uh, NRDMG, which is a uh, tablet, although they have a liquid form of it. Here's the Allergy and Gut Solutions mm-hmm. discounts. And you can use the code RSB15 to get 15% off. But Judy Mikovits introduced me to the NRDMG. And uh, dimethylglycine to counteract the glyphosate exposure. And, you know, I'm all organic, but even there's overspray, everything. It's like you can't control fully for everything. So to counteract the damaging effects of glyphosate. And by the way, at the Be Healthy Utah event, I met a nice lady who brought out, this is a major uh, breakthrough product out of Australia that replaces glyphosate, that can do everything glyphosate does, but without tox- intoxicating the environment or well, anybody. I bought some, and I, some. Left, <laughs> you, I left it with my son by accident. Okay, because I'm going to... It's gonna, a non-toxic yeah. weed killer, and which it's is fantastic. We, Monday is the day we're revealing it to all of you. And it's, I interviewed her at the event, and this Great. is a breakthrough product. So if you work at a golf course or at a school and you, you're required or to live, have... Or live near one. Live near one, yeah. But think about trying to tell them, stop using glyphosate, and they're going, well, what do we do? We have to keep the grounds right, and you don't have an option. Now you have an option, and it works better or the same, and it's not more expensive. According to this, it's a price point that matches it. So uh, we have an option. You can tell your neighbor, stop spraying the Roundup. Here's an alternative. Instead of going, stop spraying the Roundup, oh, what do I do? I don't like the weeds, right? Exactly. Now you have the ability to do that. So if uh, That's great. if I get to your son before you do, I'm going to get it from him. Yeah, I've got a gallon of it Okay, I bought. So I want to go I'll, get it. I'll, I'll let you get it. So that's it. Monday's show. Look forward to that. we got a lot of great. And uh, Brianne uh, Dressen also from React 19 is on Monday's show. There's a lot of good stuff that's uh, happening on Monday's show. We were just, I just did an interview and a discussion with Brianne about 
trying to put together a, a clinical study mm-hmm. with her, uh, gr- with her groups on the, those who are injection injured. Yeah. We're exactly. really trying to be at the forefront of that because they're seeing tremendous benefits, even though mm-hmm. in many of them are in very, very difficult very, yeah. conditions. A lot of the damage was vascular and is vascular. And, uh, I'm not saying that cardio miracle is limited to vascular support because it's more than that. As we talk about, you know, every time I get to do a webinar or have John on the show, we talk about it. I use it every day. Super Don has tremendous benefit in his life and his wife. We've talked about just amazing things. And now, for those of you who are concerned about the erythritol, even if it was a minor ingredient, it's out. The new form is out. It's delicious. It's uh, uh, organic stevia and monk fruit. Fantastic formula. I'm still using the old formula because I'm not wasting it yeah, uh, until too. it transitions over. <laughs> then I get it. But uh, I put my wife on the new one, and she's excited. So, oh, that's so there's there's all kinds of good stuff happening. And here we'll have Cardio Miracle on tap. And we'll also have silver and <laughs> copper shots from my friends at Natural Immunogenics who are supportive of us. And it's a great combination, the Sovereign Copper and Cardio Miracle. It's just And Nutritional Frontiers. Yeah. The Judy uh, Mikevitz, mm-hmm. she believes that the lean, the greens, the greens with her cardio miracle are amazing. Go to yeah. in the morning. Yep, exactly. So that's good. Great options. And one more thing, I want to add. Shout out to my friend Bobri, who immigrated first from Ukraine. Well, not I'm sorry, Ukraine, not Ukraine, but Soviet Georgia. It used to be Tbilisi when the Soviet Union had it. He escaped. He got out, went to Israel for a number of years, and came to America. And he's brought with him now the Chernobyl-level antioxidant, uh, Folium PX, the Folium products. And my mom, it got her over the hump to back oh, to dancing. I've talked to him a yeah. number of times. Nice man. Interesting guy. Yeah, yeah very interesting. Uh, again, these are men and women on a mission to help, to empower, to bring good quality, scientifically validated things to the marketplace, and yet they're limited in what they can say. So I've interviewed a number of doctors as well that have integrated that. So we've got some tremendous options for you to tap into when when it comes to the robert scott bell show and 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 john hewlett knows this <laughs> how long it took him to get me to you know even pay attention much less dig deep and and then go hey let's try super don he, he hates that's right everything, we, ha- we right? risk robert risks don's life <laughs> yes to be the experimental person See how much i love and care ha- about super don i put him on the, the cardio miracle first the cardio miracle. you try it you tell me what it does what, right? I up, what i put up with i tell you <coughs> no not cool. only was it great and you know there's one other thing i don't know if you've heard this john but and and apparently it wasn't just me i i i had this experience every morning when i'd go to get my cardio miracle i'd get the tub open up the lid and when i'd open up the lid i'd sneeze i'd poof up yeah, and it was just a thing. It was just like every morning. It was like get the cardio miracle out, sneeze. It was just something. It was just like holy cow. And we got a, a, a email or something. Uh, just I don't know, like a week ago from somebody, and they were like, you know, ever since they changed to the monk fruit and the stevia, I don't sneeze anymore. And I was like, well, you know what? I don't either now. That's true. There's something changed now. You know, we did. We actually changed um, a, a part of the. Uh, flowing agent mm-hmm. as well because i told him i said the powder there's the it's too fine of a powder and one of the challenges when you have or so many organic ingredients mm-hmm. is they absorb all the water and can clump clump up mm-hmm. and so one of the things that so you have to have a, a food or plant-based flow agent uh so like a silica and uh, other things like that mm-hmm. and and i i said to my I said to the manufacturer, I said, seriously, uh, it's wonderful. The powder is very fine instead mm-hmm. of granulated, so it doesn't clump. Mm-hmm. But I said, we got to reduce the dust. 
Yeah, so they, they did, did it. The, so they did. Yeah, that nice. was also, in fact, you know, that's interesting you bring that up because I had almost, I had forgotten that, mm -hmm. but that was part of my uh, the changeover nice. into the new formula was to, to I said, you know, a little bit of dust when you're pouring it in is fine, but I said having people having to <laughs> like cloud. yeah have to right. put a mask on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would open up the lid and I'd do this while I'm opening up the lid, you know. So no, would, no, you know that's yeah. interesting, and uh -huh. and and thank heavens that most people were concerned about the effect of the drink instead right. of the other. Mm -hmm. But um, no, that's that's really great. I'm yeah. glad you brought it up because I need to cool. get the word out there because. There's probably less, you know, I, I, one thing I could say, well, the sneeze is good because you're, you're essentially detoxing <laughs> in the right. water. But, I meant to do that. Yeah, but, yes. the, but the reality is, mm -hmm. yes, that has diminished. The other thing we want to tell your great listeners and those who are taking the product, a lot of times people look at it and say, man, it's only half full. Well, when we moved to monk fruit, that eliminated almost 26% of the volume. Of the volume. Wow. So there's nothing it's better ingredients mm -hmm. but we didn't do the shrinking thing right. like everyone in the grocery stores everything's smaller mm -hmm. cheese that used to be eight ounces is now six ounces things that used to be 16 ounces or 12 and 14 that, no. we didn't do that we just took out the extra grams that it took to cool. to help kill the bad taste of all of those amino Sorry, acids green, yeah, yeah and we were able to use less monk fruit that that's very mm -hmm. expensive but to accomplish the same thing. And then the, the organic flavors that are uh, really, I think the flavor, uh, great. It, it's, it's taken a little of that bite out of the turmeric and the black, the black pepper extract. Yeah. So, beautifully done. Well yeah. done. You guys haven't tried it. Check it out. Come join us this weekend in Nashville and a number of the other events that, that are coming up. We'll probably have cardio miracle with us as well. Absolutely. So, uh, let's, let's plow through a few stories here in a question of the day before we wrap up, uh, today's broadcast. Uh, Utah woman is the first to sue Merck alleging Gardasil HPV uh, vaccine caused cervical cancer. Now, I've reported on this almost from the word go how this is another big scam before COVID. Gardasil, Gardasil, Gardasil was horrific. The, or the claims that human papillomavirus is the cause of, of cervical cancer is all, all uh, not unsubstantiated because it's based on faulty PCR testing once again. Uh, and that's the theme that not many people knew about before COVID came about, even though I had been covering it ever since I opened up the microphone in 1999 because I'd been studying the whole fallacy of HIV causing AIDS in the 90s, you know, when I was learning homeopathy. Wow. So we go way back there to see the scam and the criminal Fauci. Uh, but uh, after getting these shots, many, many women go into the gynecologist and get scrapings, if you will. It's a... Uh, a very simple way to say, you know, when they get the pap test and they show dysplasia or abnormal cells uh, growth, uh, cancerous type, maybe one, two, three, depending on what number they, they grade it as. But there's a lot of evidence that getting the HPV shot causes cervical uh, inflammation damage to the cervical cells there, leading to cancer, which is more likely an accurate descrip description as far as HPV not causing cervical cancer, but HPV shots likely in fact, contributing to cervical cancer. So we'll have to see where that goes. Uh, also, and all the more reason to build your immune system in the T cells yes. through the ingredients of a cardio miracle, mm -hmm. your copper, all yep. of the other things that build your immune system because we're all going to have cells. We're all going to have abnormal cancer cells. We want to build the strength of the T cells as that first responder right. to help keep them in check. And by the way, uh, if you're concerned about viral activity on the cervix, you can introduce ladies 
uh, the bioactive silver hydrosol intravaginally and neutralize it there, as well as getting, you know, addressing the imbalance or dysbiosis, whether it be bacterial or fungal as well. Uh, so that's an option for you. Much, In my humble opinion, much better uh, than any of these COVID cancer jabs. I say cancer jabs uh, like cervical HPV shots. Uh, let's see. Hay fever could be linked to our gut and nose bacteria, and probiotics may help symptoms. And that's why, you know, introducing the silver uh, intranasally can cleanse the area of any imbalance there as well. But uh, whether probiotics given intranasally or not, are they? is that what they're arguing here? Because I didn't get through this in the crazy day that it's been leading up to the show. Are they putting probiotics up your nose with a rubber hose or what's going on there, Super Don? Do you recall that? It's a good question. Okay. I, you know, it's not my job to read it. I know, know it's not your job, but sometimes you actually get intrigued. By <laughs> sometimes I do. Do you, do you think, Robert, mm -hmm. from your experience, do you think that, that the heavy reliance on antibiotics that we've given mm -hmm. for years and years and years from everything from ear infections to whatever, yeah. do you think that could have an impact on, on, on the hay fever? Oh, absolutely. Those yeah. types of things? Because I would think so because it would be damaging to that uh, th that sensitive tissue the microbiome anywhere and everywhere not only the microbiome but as i say the home for the microbiome so super don if you figure out these whether, are probiotics taken the way that you normally take probiotics because they have they have a, a you know an impact on the uh the immune system right right yeah and remember it's yeah. an overreaction allergies are an overreaction to normally occurring in uh, environmental i won't say toxins but like say allergens they call it hay fever uh, pollen for instance and i used to be the poster boy for that adrian probably remembers my buddy from elementary and high school i was snotting up a storm in my young years before i robert broke snot, the cycle robert snot bell that's right that? hey. snotty, hey. bell. <laughs> snotty bell that was me snotty bell yeah. really oh my i don't god. think i had that as i a, mean my gosh but that's i was traumatic yeah now, uh, this leads to our, and this is all related to where we're wrapping up here because Super Don is a genius at the uh, producing board. Uh, question of the day, Super D, if you want to run that. So this is from Dan and Cindy. They say, hey, Robert, our grandchildren, ages four and two, have colds and a cough. Is it okay to nebulize the sovereign silver for them? If so, how much? No fever. Thanks. All right. So there's no fever. So we don't have to address that. Uh, but for me and my family and my kids, we've been utilizing the bioactive silver hydrosol in a nebulizer. In fact, page 101 of Unlock the Power to Heal, the book that I co-wrote with uh, uh, Ty Bollinger, uh, I went in and added a chapter on lung health that includes taking a 5 ml uh, dose of the bioactive silver hydrosol in a nebulizer, mixing it with nothing and nebulizing into the lungs. Now, a child of two or four years of age needs obviously a lot less, one or two ml per session, but you can put five ml and use less of it. That's fine. But whatever, that is a profound tool that has helped me navigate my children's growth through normally occurring colds and flus and infections that would occur and never have to resort to an antibiotic drug of any kind, not one. Uh, so absolutely, Dan. Now, the manufacturer of these products can't tell you to do what I'm telling you because I don't sell the product. I'm just saying this is how I've used it. This is what it does. This is amazing. And I wrote about it in the book as well. Uh, so, you know, one or two or three ml, five ml is a teaspoon for an adult, but, it, you know, less for those those kids. And you'll find that you won't have to resort to those things when the coughs linger or they end up developing a secondary or tertiary infection after overcoming an initial cold, which, by the way, is a result of liver congestion. So, be careful not to give these kids Tylenol, which and there's no fever here, but not that I would give it even if there were fever. Damage to the, the liver is tremendous. 
uh, from the use of Tylenol, even in kids or especially kids. So that's a big part of this. And then finally, I added this to the mix. Superdon was grossed out, didn't want to talk about it. And I understand why. Do you have that article, the last article? It relates to an infection as we, uh, uh, or do you refuse to open it? Is that what you're saying? I refuse to open that article because of what's in it. Super D is very silent on this. Oh, he did. Go full screen with this. It's worth it. <laughs> Don't mean to offend anybody, but uh, the Lewiston Tribune is reporting that penicillin is in short supply as syphilis and strep cases rise in the United States. Wow. Now, syphilis, as you know, when we were growing up, that was c- considered an STD, sexually transmitted disease, or and now they call it STI, sexually transmitted infection. We actually, before uh-huh. STD, it was called VD. It was called, yeah, venereal disease. That's That's right. right. And so you don't hear much about it. Now, the reason I wanted you to bring this up, not only because we're talking about silver at the moment, but also, and I'll acknowledge, Cardio Miracle does enhance and has, in fact, nitric oxide has antimicrobial properties, right? I'm not saying the product. I'm saying nitric oxide that's produced by your body through the, can also help. But silver, as you know, is a broad spectrum antimicrobial. And I had a case where a, a woman came to me, called me, talked to her about this. And this is over a number of months. And it was a mess. She had that word, syphilis, significant, you know. This is why you don't want to mess around with people you don't know wantonly or, or you know, regardless. Or of, maybe don't love. Yeah. <laughs> something, something. But uh, anyway, she was suffering from that infection. And she said, hey, could the silver help? And I said, well, silver is an antimicrobial. <laughs> it works against bacteria, all bacteria. And uh, it doesn't harm your immune response. It enhances it. So I told her about the acute response, teaspoon seven times a day. And she called back, I don't know, about a month ago and said she had a test done and now it tested negative. And then she called back within the last week and said, I got a secondary test and it's negative. Uh, So indeed, without having to resort to an antibiotic, we have an ability to use some. Because remember, the antibiotics are mostly like penicillin. Everything's resistant to penicillin. So even if you need it, it doesn't work. And that's true of strep and resistance to strep. And of course, the silver has been tested against strep and methicillin uh, resistant staphylococcus aureus, as well as various forms of streptococcus, including resistant strains. And it, it's not defensed against the silver, the bioactive form, which is the ion. So uh, I'm not encouraging you now to go out and get a, a, an STD, SDI, or venereal disease. I'm just saying that uh, when they tell you these fearful stories of we're running out of antibiotics, I'm not concerned because we have options in nature to help us overcome those things. Better options. Better options, yeah. And 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 in homeopathy, we deal with what we call miasms, and often the miasms manifest across generations. That's what the, the definition is to degree, and it, and it gives you um, proclivities, if you will, or tendencies to go towards certain things, and it's based on the ancestry, whether they had syphilis, gonorrhea, uh, these kinds of things that that play out through the human genome, in fact, over generations. You know, it's interesting. That's What's so that? interesting. That, 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 this is fun talking to you. I've always liked talking. But, <laughs> but I had a, one of the leaders of homeopathy who mm-hmm. was my mentor uh-huh. back in the 90s, way before I knew anything about nitric oxide or anything else. Mm-hmm. He talked about, and it may not be true, but mm-hmm. he was a really smart guy. He said that most people who end up having cardiovascular problems, mm-hmm. that miasm traced back to Great Britain mm-hmm. and ancestry from the British Isles, and people who had cancer primarily came from Scandinavia because syphilis was rampant in 
the British Isles, and gonorrhea was rampant yes. in Scandinavia. And so often in families, they either have, they either all get cancer or they all get heart disease. Yeah. Now they may have mixed, but he, sure. he was convinced mm -hmm. that that miasm that you talked about, and that's yeah. why when you said that, I went, oh my gosh, yeah. I remember now, um, came back to that generational yeah. ge genome that's passed down that could give people a propensity mm -hmm. to have that kind so of it, a problem. It, so the, it's not a, a roadmap that says you're definitely going to get cancer, right. you're definitely going to get heart disease, but if you do the wrong thing in your life, live a wrong lifestyle, eat the wrong food, that your direction toward ill health will be this instead of this. Exactly. Right? As I've said, the same thing that causes arthritis causes heart disease. It manifests differently in different body types, strengths yeah. and weaknesses, et cetera. And everybody should be drinking Cardio Miracle. I'm just saying, just saying. <laughs> anyway, with that, uh, Super Don, I think we're out of time. We'll come back for a little bit of a bonus round here. Live from Nashville, Tennessee. Thanks to John. Let's talk Moore. beer when we come back. We're going to talk beer. Yes. I, I love to talk beer with you, <laughs> Superman. All, right. All right. You guys ready for a beer story when we come back? Bonus round commences in about 60 seconds from now. For those of you watching live, a blip if you're listening on the podcast later. Thank you for being here. Shout out to everybody watching on Rumble through Roku on their TVs. Thanks to John Hewlett for hanging out for the couple of hours as well. It's been a lot of fun. And thanks to everybody that's still there. Please let us know where you're uh, joining in from, if you don't mind, in the chat rooms. And we'll be right back because the power to heal is yours. Yeah, here we are. We're back. Hey, we're back. We're talking about our upcoming schedule, all these events coming up. And 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 by the way, check this out in the chat room. I want to see my buddy Adrian. I just showed this. Did you see this, Super Don? He's got mm -hmm. a pin. It looks like it's magnified. It's National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Wow. Yeah. You know, Adrian, just he's like the uh, the flashback machine. Yes, he is. Right? You know, the stuff that he brings into the chat room from, from back college? in the day. No, well, he's, he's uh, uh, let's say, how you say a coach wrestling coach for so many decades now, you know, they inducted him, they in? inducted him national wrestling hall of fame. You know, let me tell you, so cool. I was a high school bat mm -hmm. and baseball player. Mm -hmm. My respect for two, two, two groups of sports people mm -hmm. in high school. Yeah. Cross country runners and wrestlers. The wrestlers. Yeah. We would be sitting in the gym, shooting our shots and doing a few ladders and running and mm -hmm. doing a little thing. And those wrestlers would be wearing parkas and windbreakers, five layers of clothing. To lose weight. Sweating yeah. like dogs. To, make weight. To lose 15 pounds in yeah. a week to make weight. And they're running the stairs. I mean, they they made us. And and yet, in, in our day, mm -hmm. you know, because we weren't in Iowa or somewhere, mm -hmm. we, we had maybe, you know, that have maybe a hundred people maybe yeah. come. I used to go to the wrestling matches because my buddies were really good. I had three all state mm -hmm. wrestling champs in my class, mm -hmm. but we had, you know, 5,000 people come watch us play basketball. Right. I know. And those wrestlers were the most disciplined. I always said, if you're going to hire somebody in life uh, and you want a really, really disciplined, hard worker, mm -hmm. hire a cross country runner or a wrestler because they're used to working their tushes yeah, off right uh without getting a lot of recognition yeah very cool very cool all right super don let's talk beer uh <laughs> i i you know i've told my stories growing up in georgia becoming an honorary southerner and we drank a lot of beer i don't i don't say it was good beer uh but we did and Back now, then it didn't matter it didn't it was like cheapest. just bring on the beer right and, and, nobody's nobody sat there and drank beer it was like 
Yeah. Oh, this this tastes wonderful. I love the it's woody with a with a kind of a nutty essence to it. No, you just drank whatever was there. There No, there was none of it. It was a means to an end. Right. The the craft brews, I mean, these things, the microbreweries, all of that wasn't part of our upbringing. It didn't exist. No. We had, you know, anyway, we we can go back to Smokey and the Bandit and Coors. It was whatever was on sale at 7 Eleven. But as I said, and I've told my story at about halfway through freshman year of college, I just lost the desire to drink beer for the sake of drinking beer. You know, that the, the whole idea of who cares, right? And it just fell away naturally. It wasn't like, oh, I want to stop drinking beer or stop drinking altogether, for instance. That just was me. I've had friends that continue to drink heavily, and I don't know how they're still alive. Some of them well, aren't. A, it no. was not cheap. No. B... The after effect after a while was not a novelty anymore. Not great. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of kicked yourself in the teeth long enough. It started to hurt. And then it was kind of like, I don't know why I'm doing this anymore. Yeah. So, so I appreciate beer. I like the taste of beer. Good beer. Now micro brews on things and then hanging out with Judy Mikovich. She's all in on the IPAs. She's big. So I'm like, I have to take a quarter of her beer when I'm hanging out with Judy Mikovich. She's nice that way. She's like, here, have a little bit. (laughs) That's it. That's the limit. I mean, I don't drink to get drunk, but I I like the taste of it. Now the beer wars have gone aflame. I don't know if there's a pun intended there regarding woke beers. What was the beer that went really woke in this? Uh, Bud, Bud Light. Bud Light, Bud Light has Light. been in in the news, which I don't uh, mind saying is a horrible beer. Never liked it, you know, back in the day. But when they came out with it, like this is horrible. They had great advertising, and they totally kicked it themselves in the teeth with mm-hmm. this. They so did. they 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 adopted this man who pretends to be a woman, and he apparently did a, did a commercial with, with her. her. Yeah. yeah. Who, and, by the way, just got a contract with Maybelline. Oh my gosh. You know, yeah, I was reading about that this you know, morning. <laughs> you know, even if, if, if she were a real woman, I wouldn't like her. She's annoying. Yeah. I, it's just whoever, whatever she's trying to be, he treats you. You're trying, trying to be. too hard. Yeah. You oh know, I, I had this thought last night as mm-hmm. I went to the restroom in the airport. That's and an I thought, interesting thought. There. I thought, why is it that it's all the guys who want to be gals who are going in the showers, going in the bathroom? I don't. I, I've yet to hear of a female who yeah. wants to be a guy going into the men's going into the mess. I haven't heard money. I'm sure there's probably mm. some, but yeah. I thought about that last it night and weird. I thought it must be a guy thing. Things that make you go hmm. hmm. So super good, D, do you have a, a, an image of of that thing? You don't have to show it, but I guess maybe, maybe everybody's seen it by now. But there's a uh, let's say a capitalistic response that's rather interesting to this woke beer thing well and i don't even remember how it was we even got on the topic this morning but you and i were talking and i saw i think it was a uh i think it was like a an email that i got like some you know like from somebody about the situation so anyway yeah apparently there's a beer out there yeah it's called alt Ultra right beer, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I was like, wait, this must be some kind of spoof or something. One hundred percent unwoke and unwoke beer. Woke American. Can you Hold shrink it here. down so I can see the whole screen? Woke free, woke free beer. One hundred percent woke free American beer. Okay, uh, you can actually order this, and I was out of curiosity. Yeah. I went to yeah. to check it out, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not cheap. It's like 20 bucks for a six pack because of the shipping, the novelty. And then the shipping on top of it's like $32 for a six pack of ultra right. Conservative dads, ultra right beer. I thought it was a joke, Mm -hmm. but just to prove to you, this is not a joke. They have a commercial. Check this out. 
America's been drinking beer from a company that doesn't even know which restroom to use. <laughs> That's why I created Conservative Dad's ultra-right, 100% woke-free beer. As conservatives, we're constantly getting hit in the face, left and right, by the woke mind virus. But the last place we want it is in our beer. If you know which bathroom to use, you know what beer you should be drinking. Stop giving money to woke corporations that hate our values. <laughs>
have reached consensus on what benefits them, and they actively collude to shut down any conversation about it. Suddenly, the United States looks very much like a one-party state. That's a depressing realization, but it's not permanent. Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue, and so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become powerful. At the same time, the liars who've been trying to silence them shrink and they become weaker. That's the iron law of the universe. True things prevail. Where can you still find Americans saying true things? There aren't many places left, but there are some, and that's enough. As long as you can hear the words, there is hope. See you soon. That's right, right here on the Robert Scapell Show. Absolutely. And that was Jonathan Emort. Yeah, so, exactly. so, so yeah. based on that, uh-huh. I think, that I, and I predicted this, and I think I may be right, if, if you kind of read between the lines of what he was saying, especially right there at the end, I think he's going to go independent. He's going to do his own thing. He's going to do his own kind of like Joe Rogan kind of a thing. Joe Rogan yeah. on steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I, why not? I mean, it only makes sense. Why put yourself in a position where somebody can tell you what you can and can't do? That's like Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Look at the power that Rush had. But, but Tucker already has a huge following where Rush had to develop his. So yeah. did Glenn Beck. So did everyone else. By the way, you don't know this, uh, John, about the backstory of Jonathan. Um, he served in the Reagan administration as a young attorney. And mm. the reason is... He had written a thesis, you know, and it was about the, you know, the oligarchy, about, about the regulatory state, the uh, merging, uh, what would you call it? I guess the regulatory state, for lack of a better way to say it. And he got a call from someone at the FCC in the Reagan administration. He said, we want you to come serve uh, in the Reagan administration at the FCC. He says, no, I can't do that because I don't believe the uh, FCC should exist constitutionally he's like i can't do that and and then they said to him that's why we want you reagan doesn't believe it either and and so it was at a time when wow. uh, they overturned the fairness doctrine fairness doctrine and that allowed for well of course rush limbaugh but all of us as well to do what we do what the robert scott bell show couldn't have been uh without the repeal of the fairness doctrine and jonathan emord was there at that time as well to talk about a lineage and a history as a young attorney uh, just, you know, that's a track record that not many people have. So just thought I'd add so, that into the mix. Sounds like he's closer to my age because if he was in the, he was Reagan, a young attorney straight well, that's, out, you know, that's interesting. Yeah. And what a shame that Reagan filed the, or did sign this, uh, taking the pharmaceuticals off of liability. That was, yeah. The national vaccine injury compensation program. He, he, I think he regretted it too, but I'm sure as I said, there, the There's vulnerability, so many, oh, the vulnerability was the fear of germs and the, uh, how would we say this? The the misplaced faith in modern medicine, exactly. S-I-N, uh, exactly. and, and they threatened to pull out of the country with their vaccines because they were being sued because they were so dangerous and deadly. And rather than say, take it, leave it, because the free market doesn't support your products anyway, he abandoned it at that point. Now, and I think DeSantis did the same thing when yeah. he signed taking the hospitals off mm-hmm. of the immunity, which he's yeah. being criticized for. But think of... You know, that's the challenge in politics is that sometimes 
both areas. It's lose lose. Yeah. There's yeah. just no no way around it. That's that's why people as voters should not be one issue, one policy issues. They need to look at the bigger perspective, and I think that's why we're we're seeing this momentum for constitutionalists. Yeah, people who say, "Hey, I like the Constitution. I believe in it. I t- was taught it as a kid. Why is it now that it, the certain people are trying to trash it?" The same ones who now want to take away our liberty, yep. our freedom. Yep. Adrian keeps reminding me of the beer I used to drink back then. According I to this, Jonathan was is 62 years old. 62. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm still got him by, got him by nine few, years. But he yeah. was, again, uh, the, <laughs> he our, was a young lawyer. Yes. Then. No, no. He was bright and they saw it and they brought him in at that time. Wow. So what a journey. What a life. Well, what he a should, he should claim that he was a Reagan Republican who actually fought against the woke deep state then. then yeah. No, that would actually that be a really good because, I, you I, know, let, let the people, let the rhinos who attack him, mm-hmm. attack him as a Reagan, right. that he's a Reagan constitutionalist. Right. Exactly. And of course the heart of conservatism, according to Reagan was libertarianism. Uh, you know, we exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it's again, it's fascinating. Journey. I love when Jonathan tells a story about being offered the position and he said, I can't do it because I don't believe don't the believe FCC it. should exist. That was awesome. So uh, come and dismantle us then. Yeah. All right, Super D. Any other questions, comments coming through the chat room before you call it a day and then get ready for this broadcast tomorrow? And I think Michael Bolden is scheduled from the Tenth Amendment Center. He is indeed. So yeah, that's all I've got for today. Okay, there's a lot today. And then and then we can do the uh, lead singer of the Turtles story sometime. Yeah, you want to do that on the air? Sure. Hilar- if you want to hear it, it's- I don't know what we have scheduled beyond <laughs> Bolden, but damn it, we we could do that tomorrow or the, the Saturday special edition. Okay, yeah, I don't mind. I'll be set up if I well, have time. Thanks for letting me barge in on you, dude. It was fun. Thanks oh, for thanks bringing for hanging me. out. Oh, yeah. it was great. I just couldn't be happier to be a part of it, and just can't say enough great things about what a great team Robert, you and Don are. And all the good that you're doing. I mean, God bless you. Yeah. You just don't want to see Super Don in a uh, uh, wrestling singlet. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's yeah. Actually, Don would look pretty good in a singlet. I look like a sumo wrestler that's lost. I have never worn a singlet before, so I don't even know what you're talking about. It's a onesie. Just say right. a wrestling onesie. All right. Onesie. You can dress like Dusty Rhodes, the other kind of wrestling. That's great. Oh, my gosh. Great show. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. Janet know you're here? I told her I was down with you, so she might be watching. So, Janie, we'll see you in a few minutes. Hi, honey. If you're home watching on, uh, I don't know if you've turned it on to Rumble, (laughs) which is now on the Roku app, so we're on TV. Also, Q Streaming is going to pick us up, so we're going to be on more TVs as we move forward here. Uh, The growth of the show, despite censorship, is happening. It's real, and it's all because of you guys and gals out there sharing it. So thank you for that. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Uh, We will be back tomorrow. Until then, you have yourself a great day.